and we're live hi guys welcome to the episode of the new sports fan podcast i'm your host david and well this is going to be as short as possible um <laughs> depending on how much i'm going to rant uh, depending on what you call a rant though but it's going to be probably i'm going to i'm going to probably have said it before um yeah so we got knocked out of the league cup um first round was the third round yesterday we got knocked out um it was nothing done for us in a very um embarrassing manner so i'll be talking about that and it's also the same night that um chelsea and arsenal got knocked out i think that's why i got less um <laughs> taunting from my friends because their team also got knocked out <laughs> so without further ado, let's go to this episode Okay, so we got knocked out of the League Cup yesterday. Um, start, let's just go straight into the game. <laughs> when I saw the line of 3 5, it was basically probably the same. Basically the same against Liverpool. It's just um, change of personnel. Benton, Core, and, um, and um, Davis were, were, were stepped out, and then it was Sanchez and Skip in, right? Starting instead of them. 3 5 2, Kane and um, Perish is up front. Didn't work on Sunday, still wasn't working. I mean, excuse me, Doherty playing right wing back and Seth playing left wing back. I think everybody's eyes being open to how bad this squad is because ideally, I don't have any, there's no excuse for that team not to be unable to put away Nottingham Forest. There's no excuse, absolutely none. Zero excuse because, in my opinion, um, the team Forest put out also weren't very good either. So, the Spurs had no excuse. And Forest had one win in their last 11 games since their previous round, since their previous um, League Cup round. So, as you can clearly see, Spurs had no reason to lose this game. Right? Forest were getting a beating every weekend in the Premier League and all that. So, even, and listen, the side was at least strong enough. This, this side Spurs put out was at least strong enough to do a job. That's what I'm saying. They had the numbers in me, so they could dominate this game. They could do what they had to do. I just didn't understand why the entire first half just wasn't working. I told myself, I said, do I have to come to a conclusion where I have to just not watch any Spurs first half and just just not watch a Spurs first half and just wait till the second half? Because clearly, it looks like that's what they are used to. They only come alive in the second half. And there's a th- I, I think I said in my first episode, um, there's a theory that somebody has that a lot of these players only come to life when in the second half because they're trying to conserve energy for the World Cup year and the amount of fixture conditions. And I think the last press conference by Stellini, consistent assistant, he alluded to that saying the peak moment where they um, exp- put out their energy, they're trying to conserve energy. So I don't know. The fixture congestion in this period, I mean, with the way it's, it looks, I think I can understand why. You know, the first half because this is a start that came out um, I saw on so was it yesterday before the game second half scores have more shots on target more goals they scored 18 goals in the second half compared to the first half where they scored only nine so everything is double they've doubled their, they, all their stats double in the second half so they come to live in the second half so this probably could back up that point and this is why I won't say my favorite I said I want to see how they look after the World Cup maybe the theory that sports are playing to conserve energy because of the World Cup We'll see that after the World Cup. We'll know if it's actually true or not. Because as you can clearly see, um, the excuse of the World Cup is making a lot of sense. The, the excuse of the, that the World Cup is close by, it's making a lot of sense at the moment. But I don't really know if it's really, really, if it's something I will accept. Because me, I don't really think pros should be making, should be doing this kind of thing. I don't think they should. I think that's just my own take. So the first half was boring and dull as always. Then second, and Sanchez again, doing his best impression as a, of a footballer. 
<laughs> or would I say cosplaying as a footballer? I mean, we he sort of reminded us that he's not. Listen, I, I'm like, listen, does this guy wake up every day and say, and look at him in the mirror and say, I am going out today, I'm a professional footballer? Because I don't understand how you can make the same mistake over and over and over and over, and over again. I don't understand. Listen, you, it's wanting to be clumsy and Zach and that, but can't you have a good game once in a while? I've never, I can't remember the last good game this guy ever had. And people tell me, oh, he kept a clean sheet. Da, da, da. Listen, man, in the last season, those clean sheets people keep talking about. The clean sheet against Arsenal, the clean sheet against Norwich City, and there's a clean sheet against um, what team was that? Was it? There's a clean sheet against Brentford. There was a clean sheet against um, I think it was clean against Brentford. There was clean sheet against um, Nottingham. Clean sheet against Arsenal. Clean sheet against Burnley. Now let me tell you this clean sheet that you, and thank God and even when you played against Wolves, even when you played against they clean sheet against Wolves, clean, against, I was so happy that the clean sheet record that they kept blabbing about ended against um, West Ham. I think it was West Ham against West Ham. I'm so happy that clean sheet record ended because they wouldn't have shut up about it and try to def- pretend to us that he's a good. Try to defend him and assume that he's a good footballer. Listen, <clears throat> so in this game, <laughs> we sassy moments. <laughs> Listen, man, it, the moments always arise. And even titles, Bravo and Paul Machine, they had good games once in a while. How come this guy just don't do a good game yet? Whenever he plays, I don't feel confident at all. You can call it hate, you can assume it's hate. We just know. When you watch, you just know. And let me say my love, I said, when you have too many dead woods in your squad or bad players in your squad, they they always, when they always play, and they create position. As long as I say, listen, you've got Seth, Seth, you know, was very positive. You've got Dyer, you've got Sanchez, and you've got Royale. These are four players. At least two or three of them would be in your starting level once in a while. If not, at least two of them will start in your team once in a while. Then the other ones might have cameo roles here and there, but at least two of them will start. In. And when you have too many of them in defense, I would even go as far as stretching it to say, okay, Dorothy has good games once in a while. Um, 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 this other guy, Davis, has good games once in a while. But I don't really know if I would say, okay, these guys are starters. You get me? But these guys are starters as sports. And the fact that there are too many of them means that they will always start. Or they will like at least one of let's, let me say at least one of them will start a game for sports. And that's worrying. Because it, it worries a lot of gente. And this is exactly why I said I can't give any windows. Any transform window, I can't give them above six over ten. As long as these guys are still here, you can't give windows six over ten. Because for a window to be to be above, to be very good, means that you offloaded all the bad players you need to offload. And and kept the, and brought in the good ones and you know. One of these guys, they wouldn't last at any other club, at any other um, toxic club who want to be serious. And that's that's why I said, whenever people, whenever people come up with the other students to defend them, it just just makes me angry because it just frustrates me because I never understand why. You know, and the point is that whenever this, and the thing is they use this to defend these guys, like the no, clean sheet record with Sanchez, but nobody ever looked into those games and say, I was, okay, fine, let me try, let me analyze those games I was talking about. Against Brentford, in the new, new game, I would say this, sports were on the ropes and they were hanging on and hanging on. They were on the ropes and hanging on. Although Sanchez came on later, but the game was close by. So he came on eventually. He came on late in the game. So the game was already, it was basically almost ended, right? He came on late. I think he came on late in the game. Then there was, um, after that game, the game against Arsenal, the North London derby. If you remember very well, Spurs already. Spurs, I think Spurs got their first goal. Arsenal were attacking first, and then Spurs. When Spurs got the first goal, one nil. Second goal. I think for the first goal, then for the for the, for the second goal, just got sent off. So Arsenal were not really a threat anymore offensively. Now 
maybe 11 on 11 would have probably have a different conversation about whether Sanchez would have had that clean sheet that day. Spurs may have ended up winning the game, yes, but you know, the clean sheet record is what, whether they would have had it, is why, what, whether he would have still had that clean sheet is what more. Against Burnley, everybody knows Burnley don't attack a lot. I remember very well, even in that game, Burnley are not known for being a very, a very offensive team. And even in that game, there was a chance that Max Cornet had, where Sanchez again caught, you know, ball watching, ball watching, and then the ball was played through, and then Cornet had a chance. Luckily, Cornet didn't score. In the game against um, Norwich, Norwich didn't really offer a lot going off, and so sports attack were just too good that Sanchez didn't have a lot of work to do. So, if you look at these games, the clean sheets record were not very... And even in these clean sheets, clean sheets that he has kept this season, he wasn't convincing in them. Against Wolves, he was still bad. You know, against Nottingham Forest, he was he was just more of Nottingham Forest not being very, very good than him being good. Not very good offensively than him being good in the game. And sports could just hold on tight and concede little chances and where he had little to do. And even in that game, he was still, you know, still bad. I remember one time he was doing one clearance. And just Johnny wasn't convincing enough. So it is just that he isn't. He just isn't very good. And you know the annoying thing, this guy has stayed at sports. Every window where I've always put, always said sports should sell him. Every window sports should offload. They always find the excuse of why he should be back up. And now the problem with sports, they don't sell players. I've said it before. They do not offload players on time at the right time. They wait for them to be part, far, far past the sell by date that offloading them will be even more difficult. Someone like Sanchez, in my opinion, I think really he joined once Spurs watched and said, Oh, after 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 three to six months, yeah, I think we just this is a loss. We have to cut a loss on this guy and sell. Or even after a year, well his stock is probably a little bit still high. Yeah, it's time to, to really offload this guy and just let him go. That was what should have done. Man City with Mangala, they didn't with Mangala, they didn't waste time. Mangala didn't work out. Bye bye. This is the door. They try I remember they tried to get Mangala for a long time. Man City tried to get Mangala. When eventually signed him and then they saw him play, they're like, oh, this is not what we expected. And then they, they sold him. It's it happens, you know. This is the thing with signing, and even with Dyer, it's the same thing. These guys were, were not starters at sports when sports were playing well. How come now they are starters? You know, and how come they are, they shouldn't be starters? And they are at the point where they can't even be backups anymore. You can't trust them to be backups because they are not even good enough to be backups. Like you can see yesterday, they came in as backups. Um, Sanchez came in as backup, and he still wasn't good. If he's this, he's already so bad. He can't become better than he is. He's just past that age where he, I think he's 26. So he's he's at, he's past that age where he can even turn a corner. He can be good. He's past that age already. It's it's too late, you know. Just you know, shake your hands and say bye. You know, it just didn't work out. And the sad thing is that generally they will still find an excuse to still keep him, so to still keep him to make him stay. Let's talk about Cess. Cess was biased. I mean, I some fans. But I think a lot of fans got fooled by his performances against Liverpool, performances against um, is it Liverpool? Yeah, performance last season. It was performance late last season. I think people got carried away a bit. And just one thing I said one time. I said, you know, if you want to know a player's standard, is look, watch them. How they play consistently for 15 games is how you know if this is their standard. It's not off and on, off and off and off and on. So bad players could have good games here and there, but in general, what you expect from them more often than not is exactly who they are. And that's exactly what it says. I think we're, most people go carried away. I think most people thought maybe it was injuries and all that. Now last season was good. He's beginning to find his owner and maybe Perisic could help him out. Even when he started the season, he scored. He looked really good in that season when he started the first game. The first game. But the last few games, he has really been bad. I don't know if it's him coming back to his normal level. I don't know. But he has been very, very bad. The last few games. Um, 
even even finally even the game against um, um, Br- um Brighton, yeah, he played well. He won one of the match. Offensively, he should have done better in that game in many situations. It's sort of making us say, okay, destiny doji at Udinese. We're not like saying, guy, we, we, this guy needs to join as soon as possible. I remember somebody trying to say that Perisic, we need to compare Perisic and Cess, and he was talking about how Cess could probably really want to stay and Perisic. I'm like, now nah, listen as it stands. I think it's Perisic that should stay and Cess should really be going next season because um, <laughs> it's, his performances just haven't really been up to par, especially for the level sports want to to be at, you know. And you should see, yes, yesterday. So yeah, so suppose eventually Richardson and Kuzeski came on, but I think at that point it was really too late because I felt like in the first half if they had played, it would have been better. But by the time Forest scored that first goal in front of their home fans, it was a lot more and it was a lot more difficult. Yeah, they got a red card eventually, but I think it was too late. If it was one goal different, I would have understood. It would have probably been possible, but two goals down and against Bournemouth, it could have worked. The reason why it worked is maybe because the atmosphere at Bournemouth is a completely different one from Nottingham Forest. And it's just a bomb are probably worse than Nottingham Forest. But other than that, I don't really know. I don't know if that's the reason though, but there are different factors that could play, and I don't know if they could do it yesterday. And for the that was the fifth consecutive domestic game sports that were going two goals down. If that is that is disaster. That's a, that's awful. So you have to go two goals down. I mean, come on man, that's awful. In the fifth consecutive It's it's one of those things that you just can't wrap your head around and understand why why are these guys so bad why are they doing this every freaking time you know games where you would go and really turn up you just don't do it it's just something that just means it just means that they're not learning and that's just it just means they're not learning they're just making the same mistakes over and over and over again and hoping for a different result every time they make these mistakes yeah so and then, so I, when it was like I said, when it was tuning already, I was like, nah, it's over. It's no point. There's no point watching this. It's over. Game is done. Truly, it was. It was done. Now let's talk about um um, um Conte here. We are criticized. Oh, Jet Spence came on. Jet Spence played better. Played okay in the first half. I think he had some. He had like a shot on target where the keeper saved. Yeah, and then, but nothing much. I, I think Conte set the guy up to fail. I think he should have started him and just let him do his thing. You know, especially in the game, the game like that, he proposed to point to. I think, I think for me, Conte said the guy. Would do. I think that's where I criticize Conte, and maybe should have started. Should, the formation probably would have been a, should have been different. Maybe Brighton played Brian Hill instead, because I feel whenever Spurs attacked in that first half, they were missing an extra man on the wings, and Doherty Doherty needed somebody to play with on that side of the pitch. He was struggling with it, so clearly Spurs needed to have started Brian Hill instead. I mean, what do you have to lose? I mean, looking at how the first half panned out, I don't really, I don't really know if you had anything to lose. Just, just play, just play the guy and let him do his thing, you know. That's why I think maybe Spurs should have, should have done better. But I'm saying this again for people who actually want. I'm seeing tweets. I don't know what's wrong with this fan base, you know. I mean, everybody's free to have a choice, and I get it. But what, would you guys, don't you guys learn? I'm going. I won't stop saying this to you. Maybe you guys understand. Since 2019, Spurs have had four managers. Four managers. I want to remind you, in 2019, when that was the year Port got sacked, right? Spurs, Pochettino got knocked out against Colchester. Do you know who started that game? Sanchez and Dyer. Do you know who started this game? Sanchez and Dyer. Are you telling me who you're two straight at two with a, with a serious, with a straight face? It's not with a straight face now that um, you expect Dyer, that you expect a different result with the same personnel. 
Okay, fine. Let's say you sack the manager and somebody else comes in. You will come back to the same problem next year again. I don't understand. You people, you people are refusing to move on from the nostalgic 2014 to 2019 um, period where sports plays one of the best football. Everybody's ignoring the factors that made it possible. The factors that made it possible. You had Ventongen Dyer, Ventongen and Adavered. You had uh, um, Rich, um, sorry, Walker and Rose at right back, at fullbacks at their prime. You had Dele Ali at his prime. You had Eriksen at his prime. You had Dembele. You had Wanyama. You had Kane up front. You know this team was a lot as a unit. How many of this current crop would get into that team? None. Maybe apart from the same individual, maybe Kane will still get into that team. You know, but how many in that defense will get into that team? That particular team. No, you are ignoring the factors that made it that that made it possible for Poch to have that squad. Okay, Poch comes back to do what, and then he won't get backed again, and then he will do the same issues. I trust Conte to be more like capable of pushing them out, of making sure that these guys move, and he he gets he gets his way. I trust him to be a lot more likely to do that than even Poch. And how are you sure Poch is going to succeed if he joins again? When you know that the same the factors that made him fail are still there. I mean, come on. I mean, what will you guys even learn? It's the same nostalgia. If it joins today, and let me remind you of something also. When Conte joined, there was no new manager bounce, just so you know. Sports, before Sports, right towards the end of last year, Sports were struggling with results. Even when Conte joined, Sports were struggling with results, struggling with results, and, you know, still struggling with results. And even got knocked out of the conference league. Sports had to sign players in January before, the, before it was a turnaround, just so you know. So, if you start Conte now, and you bring in somebody, there will be a good January window. And you're very likely that all these dead wood will not be sold in January. You know very well they will not be because now he has to learn his new style. They have to stay. You have to hear the new useless excuses from the fans. Oh, yeah, this player has to stay because the manager um, wants to, he has to learn a new style, give everybody a chance. Da, 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 da. The same rubbish you always hear every time. But with Conte, Conte already knows who's going to leave and who's going to stay, who's going to start. Like I said, in January, suppose are going to be going for three positions right right wing back a an, um, a, a right winger and a center back right these are three positions you're going to be filling in january which is good so i expect three positions three positions i want well i mean they are linked with mohammed Semekan, Semekan at leipzig i've seen the guy play and i really think he's a good player i can play right wing i can play center back i think he's a good player now maybe he's supposed to serious they can get him in january and just bring him in see as he stands with what we currently have in defense, I don't think Sportsman can position to say, oh, he, he's bad, he's another royal. I'm still saying he's another royal. Well, he's not a right wing back, he's a center back. Saying he's a royal is very asinine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Bring him in, you play right right center back. You put uh, um, Romero as center of the back three. Yeah, he, he actually said he likes to play. And you know, you probably have a completely different outlook as a team. You know, with, they'll probably have a completely different outlook as a team. You know, how they play and how they 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 would perform right and that's just my, my, my take on that one but it's again it's sports fans you know with the same uh with the usual um the, the process the thing process is just so it just it just shocks me i won't lie it's just one of those things that i would say surprises me but yeah back to back to the, the to conde right again this is what i'm saying i don't think he's bring on. and yes again i think his hands were sort of tied even though i criticize him for not maybe he should have i think he should have started um um, um, Brian Hill instead on the right, make it a, like a front three attack. Maybe because one, because obviously clearly, um, Kane and Pedro are not working. And probably Kane needed one more person to to collab with on on the front line, but it just wasn't working. And I think the midfielders also were too much. 
creativity wasn't there yesterday. Even though there were valid criticisms, I'm asking myself, what could he have done differently? Maybe even this guy, because hindsight is a, diff- is a wonderful thing. Maybe he could have played Brian Hill and he probably wouldn't have done enough. Probably be easily most of the ball. If he, he couldn't start Richardson, he couldn't start Kulisovsky. They just came back from injury. They are not 100% fit. Let's be real. Let's be serious here. These two guys are not 100% fit. Okay? They are not at that level in terms of fitness. So, if I'm being honest with you, I don't really think we could we can really blame them much. Blame him much for, for not signing these guys. Maybe he should have signed Spence. That's a very valid criticism. But, other than that, I don't really know which other thing I would say Conte did this. But, I'm not going to join my answer this game. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm still going to be saying Conte should stay. I'm not going to say oh, Conte should be out. I think it's very fickle because it shows that nobody has learned. Are you going to suck? I mean, are you going to suck my ass every year because the team goes to goes goes to tits? At some point, you have to ask yourself, or rather, you have to wake up and smell the coffee. These former years have changed. Some of the most of the players who 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 were here before the managers got sacked, they are still here. At some point, you have to tell yourself the truth. And again, I remember yesterday I was having a conversation, and in the in 2018, was it 20 2018? People were talking about um, how sports where um in Jose's era right the the defense spurs are setting up to protect the defense rather than attacking because they don't trust the defenders i said i heard this was somebody was saying this, I said, this is Jose's era. i heard this during Jose's era and we are still hearing the same thing in 2022 are you not seeing the common denominator here that is the personnel. Maybe it's enough time to stop defending better. Just someone said, someone said, a Newcastle. Well, Newcastle's defense is better than not. It's currently better than ours. I mean, why I say it's better than ours? I mean, would um, Dan Byrne and Botman are better than Sanchez and Dyer? If you put those two guys in the sports squad and just you see the complete upward trajectory in, in improvement defensively. So yeah, those two are better than those guys. So and they started this game. So I, I don't even understand the, the logic or a lot of sports fans. I really don't understand the logic there. But that's when, and again, people who want to throw the excuses that it can't be done in one week or a short time. Well, look at Newcastle. Yeah, you could say they play one game every week. Well, that's a very fair point. But if you look at Newcastle, in midweek, they play in, in um, they were the relegation favorites last year. This time last year, everybody was saying they were going to go down before they take over, sorry. A year fast forward a year then they're battling for top three for it to spot in the top three so as you can clearly see it can be done in a year the excuses just fly around because a lot of fans just want to defend the ownership because i don't know they just completely believe that the ownership are, are infallible and they have the best interest of the club at heart at every time and every day of the week it's just one of those things that 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 really does amuse me you know but that's 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 just the way the game goes. Some some people just like the beautiful lies rather than you know telling themselves the truth. They just like the lies because the lies, li- the lies sounds good and the truth hurts. You know. <laughs> Listen, a lot of all these issues that are still as possible, and I will still I will still reiterate that I think Conte is still doing for the job. I really do. I, it's not even this is not even about at but some point we have to accept that the playing style you are you are hoping for and wanting. It's not. It has little to do with. Um, Conte may be trying to implement it, but you can clearly see sports second halves are better. There are different factors again. Like I said, could be because of the World Cup, also because of personnel. Maybe because they are not coming. You know, they are not um, good enough. Till that happens, I think January is very, very important period for whatever sport want to achieve for the season. 
I think Spurs have done enough to stay and keep to stay in the Champions League. Done enough to stay to to, to stay close in the Premier League like in terms of top four to be in that position in around that spot. They've done enough. They've put themselves in good position despite playing poorly for majority of the of the of the first half of the season. They've done enough to stay in good positions. Second half of the season, which is next year, January is very important for whatever they want to achieve. If they want to go find the Champions League. They need to recruit in January. If they want to you know, stay, finish as high as possible in Premier League, they need to recruit. If they want to compete in the FA Cup and go as far as possible, they need to recruit. Just January is a very important month for sports. And they have to recruit as early as possible. I'm not hearing excuses of, oh, they have... Because they should know who they want to sign by now. You know, they should know who they... They don't have to stay middle of the month and say, wait till deadline day. They should be making the moves by now. And say, okay, we know who we're going to sign in January. And you should go about and go and get the deal. I would personally say, the right wing back... And the and the attacker, the, the three positions they say they want to fill: centre back, right wing back, and attack. ASAP. And for me, the, the I'm hearing a lot of persons talking about who they would want in those positions. I'm seeing Marcus Edwards. I'm like, nah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A lot of people saying Marcus Edwards. Oh, what's the reason why he's, he's a baller? Why is he a baller? Well, over the two legs, he he bullied our defense. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like a difficult thing to do, is it? I mean, look at how the defense has performed all season. It's not a difficult thing to do. To bully that defense and looking at the goals Marcus Edwards, the goal Marcus Edwards scored, they backed off from him rather than stepping up and you know making it a lot difficult for him. He was non existent against Marseille, he didn't really do a lot against Marseille for them. The, his best games were against Spurs, and guess who? Dyer where he was playing, right? So I don't understand. Even in the, the, the game where he was doing that, similar to Maradona, Tom, where he was making that Maradona run from midfield, where he ran and dribbled through and almost scored. Well, Look at how they were defending against him. I'm sorry, man. It's not. It's not a good metric to def- to 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 um, judge a player to say because he played well against sports defense. Then he's a good player. No, it's not enough. Yeah, he might not. He might be a good player, but I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not really sold on the guy. I'm not sold on um, Marcus Edwards. I'm not. I want to be proven wrong, but I'm not sold on Edwards at all. I'm not. I'm going to say it out here right now. I'm not sold. If that is the attacking option, sports sign, I'll be very disappointed. There is um for 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 going up front. I would prefer Manilovsky. Yes, they will say, oh, he's Atlanta, he's not played a lot. Well, that's different. The qualities he brings, at least, um, I think that guy's more likely to hit the ground running. I think he's a lot more experience. Because, in general, sports do not need potential. They need experience. They need somebody who's and who's going to ready to be, who's going to hit the ground running. We need an under, you need an understudy for Kulusevsky. Between um, Edwards and Manilovsky, who fits that bill a lot more? I think somebody in that age range of 28 to 29, I think it should be him. It should be this guy, um, um, Manilovsky. He has a good, he's good from long range. Long range shots wise, he's good. He's, good. I think free kicks also. He's quite good at free kicks. So, I think that's who I would prefer on the, on the right of the front three for him. That's what I would prefer him or Domenico Berardi. I saw his stats yesterday. I was like, it's one of those players that always go under the radar. He's a solo. He always puts up good numbers. He's 28 currently. So. He's at that age of experience, ready to hit the ground running, that kind of vibe, and being able to really compete with Kulusevsky. Look at the age range, close to his peak. So he's somebody I think will hit the ground running. I would say that guy. And his goal returns for Sassuolo has been good. Despite playing his square team like that, it has been good. So I don't understand why teams always ignore the guy. But he has so far shown that he's a good player. You know, I, I think that's who I would think sports should, should go. Especially in January. I think sports should try and get any of them. For... For um for the midfield for the defense I would really say I like the look of Simican I like I, I'm seeing links to um, Bastoni 
but I, I, I don't know if that generate will happen in general. I think it's more likely going to be, um, I think it's more likely going to be Simikan. I wouldn't mind if it's Simikan, but I think the center back position is one that is real proprietary. I don't mind how much they pay. They have to get somebody who's good, who's ready to go. I'm talking about, I don't know if, I don't know if I'll call Simikan, if he has played enough to call him a top center back. But he has played right wing back for them, so I don't really know if I would say he has played enough to come in top centre back. But maybe he's somebody who's on the up and he's good. But the way Spurs' defenses have looked so far, I don't really think it's, been, it's going to be difficult to get somebody in that would you know, be that would be good enough to to start straight away. I don't think it's going to be good. It's going to be easy. Sorry, it's not going to be, it's not going to be difficult to get somebody who's going to start straight away. And for the right wing back position, well, I think the Poro, I think the guy at Sporting Lisbon, I think that's the guy Spurs should try and get. I think that for me. It's not because of just we play against Spurs. I know Spurs defense were awful anyways, but over the Europa League camp, over the Champions League campaign in the group stage, the way he played, the way he performed so far has shown that he he um he can play. He can play. And I think that's who Spurs should really try to, to get in January. I think like three positions. I think if you get these three in as early as possible, I'm not talking about middle as early as possible, the confidence in the team that I have in the team would really arise. I think this, it would really affect the style of play with the way sports play in the sense that they would play a lot better offensively, they would do well. Offensively, I think they would do a lot better. You know, I mean, think about it defensively with Simikan, who playing the right side of the center of the back three, he has his man as a right wing back, right? So he can overlap as a right center back easily, he can overlap easily and get into good positions to probably score. Um, right wing back Poro is very offensive. Then it will, and also if you're very, if you're offensive as a, as a team, the chances of you conceding chances, conceding goals are lower because your opponents will be more occupied with defending against you than actually attacking you. So that's why I think, you know, in January, that's why I say these positions are very key to to occupy these three. I'm seeing links with um, um, there was this link where they would say they want to get, I think from Juventus, I think it was from Juventus, yeah, um, I can't remember who the person was. I think it was Bastoni. I think Simica and then there was Weston McKenney. I think there's some Juventus player. I can't remember who the guy is, but I didn't really check, look much into that news. But that's by the wayside, though. I think I was enough about sports. Then, uh, with the in the other in other news, um, Arsenal again, no goals were knocked out. Also got knocked out by um, Brighton. My friends are telling me they don't really care about the results. Um, I would take the award for it, but um, I know very well that if if um, if Arsenal had gone through the been taunting me, so I don't really know if I would, I would take the award for it at face value. <laughs> but <laughs> I think if that's the right, if that's the right idiom to use, I, I don't really, I would take it with a pinch of salt rather. You know, <laughs> I would take it with a pinch of salt. But I know deep down a lot of them would have preferred to get to qualify and then say, oh, sports got knocked out. Let's let's taunt him. And Chelsea also got knocked out by Man They lost two 0 Um, I think that's so everybody else not that. The, the plus side of all this for sports is sports have less competition. Like, like I said. Sports, um, sports maybe have less games to play in January. Most of these other teams also they get less games to play in January. That could be the plus side of it, but I think the negative side is maybe there have been one more trophy at least for 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 sports to just get into their into their um, trophy cabinet and just end this trophy as quickly as possible. But yeah, that's my thing. Around. Man City qualify, Liverpool, I think Liverpool qualify. I think Newcastle qualify. Um, yesterday Leicester won their game against Newport County three 0 so I think they did qualify. They did qualify. And Liverpool was a penalty shooter. I think West Ham got knocked out. And Liverpool, I don't, I can't really confirm, but at the time I was really following. I think they were winning their penalty shootouts. I don't really, I didn't really follow it to the end, but very likely they did qualify. But they played against a very, very low. And you see, this is very, it's not just a pattern. But in the League Cup, bigger teams don't really take it very seriously. You know, the teams they put out, it just, it just shows that they don't really take it seriously. 
you know, look at um, yesterday, for example, right? Liverpool were struggling against a that low team. I think they were in League One. Or I think they said they were in League One. But, you know, Man City was another consistently taking seriously. They put out a strong side, try and win the game and, you know, see it through. I don't even understand why you know, they do this, why big teams do this a lot. But, you know, they will say it's fitness and all that, but I don't really know, man. It's one of all those things that just blows my mind whenever I see it happen every season. But that's what they said. And yeah, so there was a Champions League draw on Monday. After I finished recording that Monday morning, I actually ended. So there was a Champions League draw, and I really want to talk about that one quickly. So we got drawn against AC Milan, and again, I'm, I won't stop talking about the importance of a January window because it's February 14th, so Valentine's Day. Um, if you've got, if you've got, <laughs> tell your girl that um, sports are calling. <laughs> tell your girl that sports called, and you have to answer, or you go, or you go. Or you spend your Valentine's Day with uh, you spend your Valentine's Day watching sports. <laughs> but yeah, so sports play. Um, listen, I'm just PSG Marseille even on that day too. So um, it's one of those days that is going to be very interesting to see how people navigate through through that day. But yeah, but that's what it was. So we got to against Ma- against AC Milan, and I would say this: the draws have been favorable for sports. I mean, the, the group stage, the group, the group stage result, the group stage teams as well got drawn against. Where teams that were was quite an easy group that sports should even top the group. The way sports topped that group, they should have topped that group earlier, around after four games, you know, in that in that group stage. That's one. Then against AC Milan now, you're playing against an AC Milan squad that is probably a little bit more. They're not they're not as good as they were. This isn't they won the league. Yeah, they won Syria and all that. They're not a bad team, but I mean, they're still a good team. Don't get it twisted. I mean, you've got Tio Hernandez left back. You've got Leal. Giroud has looked good so far this season, but. After you go around all these guys, they've known it's Leao and maybe Leao and um, Hernandez are the two standout players for me in AC Milan's squad. I mean, yeah, Giroud has been playing well there for them. Tomori hasn't looked, but over the, even against Chelsea, I think they, they lost a combined 5 0 over the two legs against Chelsea. So they are beatable. It's not like they are a team that are unbeatable. I think you get your act together. They are very beatable. So I think that's a very, very, very good job. I'd have liked it to be Bruges, Bruges you know, Bruges, but. You know, at least yeah, it's similar to it. And I like the fact that almost all the big teams got knocked out, knocked paired with each other. Almost all these teams that ideally would be favourites got paired, have difficult draws. So PSG and Bayern, you know, they, they got drawn to each other. Real Madrid and Liverpool got drawn. So at least one of these, at least two of these two teams are going. That would, I would ideally have been a threat. You know, in the Champions League, two of these teams, it sort of lessens the chances of people getting drawn with, and it it's a difficult team. In the long run, if sports were to progress against AC Milan, you know, obviously I would wish sports would progress. And again, I would say this January window is very important. I can't stress it enough. You know, um, January window is very important. The bench, attack, everything is very important. You know, try to right those three positions. They have to fill. They have to get them. They have to get those positions right. The three positions have to hit the ground running. They don't have to come in and oh, um, they are hoping and then they are playing for this. They have to hit the ground running when they join. And that for me is very very key. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, Chelsea got drawn with Dortmund. Man City got drawn with um um ah check my Leipzig. Yeah, they got drawn with Leipzig, which <laughs> it's a very interesting draw. I don't think Leipzig will be anything. I don't think Leipzig will be anything. But I think the the group state, the knockouts, they they will deliver. Actually, if you look at the fixtures that have been drawn, they will deliver. It's just it's gonna be at such an early stage from the big teams will be going, and that's where they would be. They would be um, <laughs> they're very interesting. But yeah, like, uh, with Liverpool and AC Milan, uh, Liverpool, sorry, with Liverpool and Real Madrid, I find that really interesting. 
because um, Liverpool have revenge and all that. But the midfield of Liverpool and Real Madrid, the golf in class is so wide, and Liverpool are not as offensive as good as they were last season, even in the Champions League final. So Liverpool and Real Madrid's midfield has improved so well. I don't really know how that's going to turn out. In PSG Bayern, well, um, a friend of mine, I have some, I have two friends of mine, right? So one is an one is, is he likes Ronaldo, the other one likes Messi. So um, in the group stage. <laughs> So um, in the in the group stage, you know very well, you know Ronaldo is in the, in the Europa League and Messi is with PSG, and then they are laughing and bantering each other. So what happened was prior to this game, <laughs> he was hoping that um, Bayern Munich, the Ronaldo fan, the one that likes Ronaldo, was saying he hopes that Bayern Munich gets drawn with PSG. I was like, listen, man, you know very well that you know very well the reason why you want them to be drawn. You know very well <laughs> because he's like he wants uh, Messi to. Face Bayern, you know that kind of thing, because he knows that he wants Bayern to get knocked to knock them out so he can turn. And then the next day, in the Europa League draw, Bayern gets sorry, Barcelona gets drawn with Man United, which is very. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's one of all those interesting things. But this is one of the ban- the banter side of football can be very fun. <laughs> it can be very fun. <laughs> Whatever you say. But listen, I said it again. Journey is very important. I think the draw that sports have had so far have been quite favorable. I think there are results that sports should be. They are not, they are not results that are very data gigantic. They are very difficult for sports to overcome if they get their act together. Journey is very important. I won't stop saying it. Journey is very, very important. Um, the World Cup. Well, I can't, I'm not, I can't wait for this World Cup break to come. I'm so happy. I hated the fact that the World Cup was happening mid-season. But looking at how the season have gone, I'm like, can this World Cup just come? So I can just take my mind off sports and just watch and support maybe as a neutral just watch team go watch teams play on now as you all know i'll be cheering for ghana to get knocked out <laughs> i cheer for ghana to get knocked out i mean oh depends though maybe if they go far i don't know them going far will be quite good depends but i don't really know i don't know man listen this is why i have a, i have an interest in that because this is, i have a ghanaian friend i made after the after the sports got knocked out by Ghana, I, I met some Ghanaian friends, you know. On, so I would want, I told them, like, listen, I followed you now. By the time it's the World Cup, when the World Cup comes around, I'm going to make sure I remind you, <laughs> I'm going to make sure I'm on your neck, you know. By the time, by, by, by the time if Ghana gets knocked out, be ready, <laughs> ready for me, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But that's by the wayside. But yeah, that's that's the end of today's episode. I think that's as much as I, most of my thoughts I can pour out. Funny enough, I'm not really, I wasn't really upset at yesterday's result. I'm not upset, not because I don't want sports to go far, but because I sort of expected it. And you know, I've I've learned to manage my emotions in a way where the games, even if sports lose, I'm not really bothered by it because I just know how to manage my emotions better. And that's just me. Well, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you listening and um, have a nice um, weekend. And by, hopefully, by the time we play against Leeds, we we'll just end the the um, get into the break on a winning. On a winning run, or rather on a, win, on, on a high, on a winning game, just end the, by winning, just win against Leeds and just see it out. And then by the time the World Cup comes, when the World Cup comes, you just know you're ending it in better condition. And then they do a lot of work, they will do a lot of work hopefully by December and just really work on training and tactics and really work really hard. And again, also, last before I go, this is the entirety of December. The owners, the, 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 um, yeah, that's enough time. Even if they say they would, even if they say they didn't scout enough, they didn't check enough. I think there's enough time for them to really scout players and go out and say, okay, these are the positions we want to fill. And by January, you just get them in and just finalize the deal. Possible. If the players are not in the World Cup, 
get when you it's, it's much easier to even finalize the deals and sign them just my take but yeah thanks for listening have a nice weekend bye